Hi everyone, it's study time. I'm always so excited to get into the Word and know more. So get your Bible, your Concordance, your Google, your dictionary, your beautiful jotter, your pen, um, a cup of coffee, tea, whatever you drink, water, and uh, find a very, very good place to sit and let go and dive right into Genesis chapter 39 as we drop the concluding part of our study of the mantle of Joseph for the second stage of Joseph's life. I'm going to wait a few seconds to make sure you're seated. Seated now? Awesome. So let's dive right in. So for me, Joseph's life is in four stages. Or um, there was um, the pre Potiphar's house, there was Potiphar's house, there was the prison, and there was the palace. So um, we've done a lot of work on pre Potiphar's house. Can you remember? We 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 looked at um, Potiphar's house with regard um, pre Potiphar's house with regards to his siblings, how his siblings related to him, the level of betrayal. Then we went into Potiphar's house, and oh my goodness, Potiphar's wife is just the worst. Because, I mean, she's every man's nightmare. Like, you, you, your business is doing well. And then this woman just sets out to, like, mess things up for you. Be careful that you don't marry Potiphar's wife. Anyway, that's for the guys and for the girls. So let's dive right into what will be our concluding part for 2023. And um, we're going to be, last time, remember, we spoke about why sex. And um, we spoke about it from the point of view of the fact that any, the Joseph mentor why did she use sex as a tool uh, to fight joseph and then we thought about other great men that have walked the corridors of power like samson like solomon like david and how sex was a really powerful tool the enemy deployed to bring down men on the corridor in the corridors of, of of influence so we start to see that and we unpack in detail why the enemy would be using sex or sexual immorality, as the Bible would call it in the New Testament, as a tool. And as you walk around with the Joseph mantle, you started to understand that anything that was a point of weakness for you, because it might not be sex for you, it might be money. I mean, we went into deep detail. So if you want to know what happened there, you need to go to the pre-study and um, find out um, and, and, and just go through it yourself, right? But today, we're going to be answering how to handle that because if we can see by more than two, three, uh, four witnesses at least that this tool had been used, deployed by the enemy successfully three out of four times, that's a 75% pass rate, then solving this problem becomes a reality that we need to address don't you think so so how do you handle this as you go along your joseph journey how do you handle um sexual immorality in particular now it is interesting that joseph actually lived out what the bible says in first corinthians 6 18 in genesis chapter 39 verse 13 because in genesis chapter 39 verse 13 joseph ran the bible says he fled right he left he escaped he ran like a desperate person and the bible tells us in first corinthians chapter 6 verse 18 flee from sexual immorality every other sin a person commits is outside the body but sexually immoral person sins is against his own body 
I'm emphasizing the word flee. Which, and then the Bible says Joseph fled. Now, what does it mean to flee? Flee means to escape, to take flight, to run away from a place or situation of danger. It implies in it an act of desperation due to a need to escape from harm or death. So God is literally saying to us right now that you run from sexual immorality like it's going to harm you or kill you. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 22, God goes even deeper to say, um, abstain from every form of evil. Uh, if it looks like it, if it even comes close to it, run. So, summary, be very aggressive about dealing with sexual sexual immorality triggers very very aggressive shut down that website switch off that tv walk out of that cinema hall leave that conversation change the topic be very very aggressive you don't even need to be sure that it's sexual immorality just run flee escape it is danger all you should be seeing is danger signs danger signs so i say to a lot of young people and this is irrespective of whether the person is whether it's been introduced by a spouse or it's been introduced by a friend or it's been introduced by an environment wherever sexual immorality shows up God is saying, be very aggressive. That spirit has come to destroy your Joseph Mantle destiny. And don't play with it because it destroyed Samson, almost destroyed David, and definitely took Solomon on the wrong path. So you don't want to joke with it. Now, it's not enough to flee because what are you fleeing to? So 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, and stay with me here because you need to know what you are fleeing to, where you run into, do you want to be running around in circles like a headless chicken? It says, flee the evil desires of youth and right and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So when you were leaving sexual immorality if you are trying to break the hold of pornography trying to break the hold of 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 any type of sexual sin or you're just running away from that kind of environment it is not enough for you to change the environment god is saying there's certain things you need to be running towards and through apostle paul and i mean the holy amazing holy spirit is teaching us this through apostle paul and um and, and 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 just and as we talk about these things very briefly you start to understand in this study that this was exactly what joseph did so the holy spirit is saying to us you conquer sexual immorality by fleeing from it and run to one righteousness what does it mean to run or pursue righteousness? It means to continually chase an increase, an increase in the revelation of who you are in Christ. 
let me tell you something about who you are in Christ. In in Isaiah chapter 54, from verse 14 to 17, and you really want to open this because these are your tools of warfare. It says, in righteousness you have been established. It says you are when you are righteous, you are far from oppression. What does oppression mean? Oppression means some sort of hold or punishment or unjust treatment. He says you shouldn't fear. It says terror will not come near you. He says even when the enemy assembles against you, that they will never win. He says no weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. He says every tongue that rises against you is, shall be condemned, which means that the scorching tongues of men don't eat you. No weapon deployed from the kingdom of the enemy can touch you. And um, it, this is the heritage of the servant of the Lord. And the most important part of that scripture is, and their righteousness is from me. The more you understand what it means that you are the righteousness of God in Christ, the more you are able to understand the heavy price of sexual immorality. Are you going to leave the position of not being oppressed, of terror not being able to come near you, of weapons fashioned against you not prospering, of tongues? Are you going to leave that? Remember Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 8b. Remember that scripture. It says, and I, and I read it to you. When you dig a well, you might fall in. When you break a wall, NIV says, when you break the hedge, New King James says, he says, you will, not might, you will be bitten by a serpent. How do we know what they mean by a serpent here? Revelations chapter 5. And I'm going to be quoting quite a number of scriptures because I do not want you to say, oh, she just brought it out of the air. Revelations chapter 12 verse 9 and Revelations chapter 20 verse 2 describes the devil as the a serpent of old. So one of the ways that the devil and demonic spirits are described is serpents, which means that all the things that Isaiah chapter 54 verse 14 to 17 is protecting you from when you start to break your hedge. And we, what is a hedge? It is a wall, is, is something put to protect, to exclude or to keep inside. What are the things that God gives us to, to protect us? It is his word obedience prayer so when you start stepping out of obedience when you start stepping out of your life being um in the word and studying and spending time in the word when you start stepping out of prayer you are making your hedge weaker when your hedge is weaker what happens is that it is easier for your hedge to be broken and once your hedge is broken the serpent can strike so when you start to understand who you are in Christ, then the price of, of, of pornography or masturbation or fornication or adultery is so high. Because what it does is that it breaks the protection around you and gives the enemy an opportunity to attack you, sometimes successfully. The second thing that the Lord said, according to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, is faith. So we continually chase increasing our faith. And faith comes back what? 
faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. So the more time again you spend in the word, the more you spend studying the word, the more. So you're not just running away from that. You need to be steeped in something. That's what God is saying. Steeped in chasing a revelation of who you are in Christ. Steeped in studying the word. The third thing he talked about was love. And um, and, and it's interesting that he talked about love because... The love of God is patient and kind. Fornication has impatience embedded in it because you're not willing to wait. You want now. And fornication and adultery has a lack of kindness towards the other person embedded in them. And let me prove that to you. Believing that I'm speaking to a believer. Now, kindness is the quality of being considerate towards the other person. Remember Isaiah 54 verse 14 to 17. Can you genuinely say you love someone and then break their hedge? And then expose them to oppression, to terror, to the scorching tongues of men, to being attacked by weapons deployed from the kingdom of darkness. So if you are saying you genuinely love someone, your desire would be to protect, to shield, to nurture, to harness and all those are not qualities of fornication or adultery. The fourth thing the Lord spoke about was peace. Peace and peace manifests in the presence of godly wisdom according to James chapter 3 verse 17. So you cannot walk in peace, real peace, shalom. The prince of peace being Jesus, you know, without walking in obedience to the one who is in charge of peace and Jesus and godly wisdom will never tell you to commit adultery or fornication it will never tell you to sleep with somebody else's wife it will never tell you to have sex before marriage under any circumstances no matter how you feel now it says engage in the company the last thing he said was engage in the company of believers who operate in a pure heart a heart that is free from defilement of the flesh. People who are chasing after God. People who want to be pure. Which means that you are walking in a community that does not support or encourage sexual immorality. Now, it is when you start to avoid sexual immorality aggressively. And you start to do this other part aggressively that you will survive. So it is interesting that you can see in Joseph's answer to Potiphar's wife. He said, I fear God. He was clear about who God was in his life. He was clear that he had faith in this God. He was clear. That he said, my master has not kept anything from me so it was clear that he was being kind to his master it was clear that the peace of god was more important to him and the things that his father had taught him were from the days of his childhood were ringing in his head so while joseph was actually fleeing from sexual immorality he was in a sense although not physically fleeing into righteousness faith love peace and the company of believers so anybody that is going to survive walking in the corridors of power like great men must be living out this five.
And if you study Samson and you study Solomon, you would see where they made their mistake about these five points. The Joseph mantle will definitely require you to work at a certain level of consecration. It will require you to guard yourself very aggressively for the sins that entice the world. It will require you understanding that you need to flee from every appearance of evil. It will require you standing in righteousness, in faith, in the word, in love, in godly wisdom and in the company of believers. So if you have identified that you carry a global mandate for Christ, that you are in the dimension, the platoon and the order of the Joseph mantle, then you need to understand that there is a responsibility and a requirement to walking in that anointing, to carrying that level of authority. And God is looking for Josephs who will do it right. I hope you'll be one of them. On this note, I would like to thank you for every Bible study you've listened to in 2023. And we'll be back, God willing, in 2024, unpacking more of the scriptures. I hope I've helped you fall in love with Jesus more than you were ever in love with him before. Daddy, we just want to thank you for this scripture. We want to thank you for helping everyone with the Joseph mantle walk in that grace, that anointing, and that power, helping us fulfill the mandate in whatever platoon we belong to that is required for that office. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. We love you, Big D. We love you, Lord Jesus. We love your amazing Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. See you in 2024. It's going to be an awesome, an awesome year. God bless you.